0: This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister, Dede Bacon, will be teaching the message. So hopefully you're getting ready for Christmas. With this uh, late Thanksgiving, doesn't it seem like everything is really condensed and compressed? Yeah. You're like, you don't have time when you really didn't have time anyway. So I convinced my wife to get things uh, started early this year to put up the decorations. I also persuaded to go simple, simple but meaningful, honey, and I've been begging her to put up this tree forever, and finally she consented. So here's our Christmas tree. (laughs) Charlie Brown Christmas at the Bacon's household. Now, okay, you're laughing, and you think I'm a cheapskate, which you may be right, but... There is a spiritual significance to this, a spiritual significance. This tree actually reminds me of something that's promised in Scripture. We've been working through Isaiah, and we're in Isaiah 11. And there, Isaiah 11:1 1 says this, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is the, the name of King David's father. So in a sense, it's saying sh- a, a shoot will come up from the lineage of King David, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. That is a promise. And I think that when we look at our Charlie Brown Christmas tree, it reminds me of the scripture because it looks like a shoot coming up of a stump, doesn't it? It's just a scraggly little tree that's starting to grow and begin its life. Uh, this image is an image that's provided in a prophecy by Isaiah to the people of God at a time in which they were in the midst of a serious crisis. It was a prophecy of a lot of bad news. It was a prophecy that said to them, hey, based upon your decisions, based on the trajectory of your uh, actions, you're headed for trouble. You're headed for a season of darkness. And if you're familiar with the history of Israel at the time, you'll know that the northern kingdom called Israel ends up in uh, exile, gets totally wiped out in many ways by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom of Judah, which was made up of two tribes, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Judah was the tribe in which King David came from. This is the southern end of the kingdom of Israel called Judah. It's where Jerusalem was, the center of their worship. They hang on a little longer, but they end up also in exile because of their disobedience, because of their rejection of God, for they're turning away to idols and they're turning away to following their own plans and relying on their own strengths and forgetting the promise that they had made in what's called a covenant with God. They forget that they, they reject God. And what happens is, is that those that are in the nation of Judah are invaded by the Babylonians. They're taken into exile, and they're in a dark place. Now just, just imagine that now. Let's relate that. Imagine we were in, invaded by a foreign power. And that foreign power then carted us off to another place so that we had to celebrate independence. It wasn't a national holiday, but it was just something that we had to quietly celebrate amongst ourselves in a foreign land that rejected our ideals and our values. Imagine that there was Thanksgiving celebrated nationally because that was an American holiday. We're no longer in America. Imagine living in a country under oppression. Though we are Americans, we're not allowed to celebrate the things that make us Americans. We're not allowed to celebrate them nationally and to live them out. And our hopes and our dreams for America to to flourish and be strong are dashed, are gone. Well, in effect, this is the message that's coming from this image. There's, there's two parts to this, this picture, right? There's the stump of a tree that's been cut down, and then this shoot, this branch that comes out of it. The stump of the tree really captured the feeling of the people of God at that time. What they had felt like was never going to change, what they felt like there was never going to be taken away from them, what they felt like was, was solid and, and, and powerful. God made His promises. We were the people of God. We have God speak to us directly. He has anointed us, chosen us to be His people as an example of how to live right with Him for all the world. He has made a promise to our King that He will never ever not have a a representative from his family in power. And all of a sudden, that is not happening because now we are in exile in Babylon. Our city called Jerusalem is destroyed. The place we worship God is gone. The temple is gone. And we are now away from our homes, living as strangers, always having our our faiths being attacked in the pagan worship of our our environment, this is not a good situation. Our hopes and dreams have been cut down. It's like a stump hacked at its roots. That, that was the feeling. That's what was captured by this picture of a root chopped down from the stump of Jesse, from, from, from the, the remnants of the tree that, that's been hacked down. You are in a bad place, Israel. You're in darkness. What you thought was a sure thing for the, your future is no longer what you're living by. And your God that you served, you thought no one who's the real God. All oh, these are pagan gods, these are idols. And what, I, what, what am I seeing? I'm seeing that it seems like the idols are winning, the pagans are winning. And my God is, is, is nowhere to be seen. And what I'm experiencing is, is, is disappointment and discouragement and despair. And I'm living in darkness. You know, maybe that's something that you've experienced in your life too in a personal way. That picture of a stump that's talks about a tree that's been hacked down and it's dead and it's lifeless. Maybe you had dreams for the future that now you're beginning to see are not coming to fruition and you're deeply disappointed. Maybe it was a relationship that you had that you entered into with high hopes and dreams. Maybe it was, you know, you said I do at the altar. You had dreams of living happily ever after and it turned out happily ever after was not what happened. And now you're alone and you're hurt and you're disappointed. Whether your marriage has gone south or whether you ended up in divorce, no one ever starts marriage with the plan of divorcing. We all have dreams of happily up after, but sometimes sometimes in the course of life and the decisions we make and the, and the things that happen it, it ends up being a tree cut down and all we got is a stump a root, nothing left maybe it's with your career. You, you were young, and you had dreams of, of doing these great things in life and earning this great paycheck and having a, a job that filled you with, with purpose and meaning. And now you, you go to college, and you, you have this debt, and you have to earn money that you can, and it's not turned out to be as fulfilling as you like, and you're disappointed at where you are. You feel underemployed and underappreciated, and and the money's not enough, and you're struggling financially, and you're wondering, what happened? I, I went to college, and I worked so hard and is this, is this the fruit that I get? Is this what, 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 what it's turned out to be? The dream I had for my career feels like a tree that's been cut down and all I got is a stump. Maybe that's been your experience religiously. You kind of bought in to the dream of being right with God and you figured, hey, well, that means that everything's good, everything will turn out Well, I should have smooth sailing and with God on my side, who can stand against me? And instead, what you've experienced is one struggle after the other. It's a depression and not being able to overcome addictions and, and, and struggle with, with prayers that you feel like you're being offered up and that they're just pinging off the top of the wall and coming back down to you and you're like, what's happening? And this dream of this, this life that I thought I would have all of a sudden is being cut down and all I got is a stump. maybe you can relate to that picture you know and the Bible says and teaches pretty clearly that the plans that you have of this world anything that you pursue it might be good for a while might be good for a moment might shoot up and grow and you might be wild with it but eventually everything gets cut down everything's cut down and I'll tell you this not to be you know doomsday but if you're young uh, have a lot of dreams and stuff. It doesn't take long before you learn that uh, life's hard. And we deal with a lot of disappointments and turns and twists that we didn't anticipate. And pff, the dreams and hopes that I had. A tree cut down and all I got is a stump. That's the first part of the image. The second, though... This image of a tree stump of the the shoot from the house of Jesse coming up is intended for hope because it's intended to say to those of you that are dealing with this issue, those of you that are dealing with deep disappointment, discouragement, despair, uh, you're dealing with issues that feel like they're pressing in on you and God is not hearing you and things that you thought would be are not coming to be, this is meant to encourage and tell you to hold on to the God who gives you life. And realize that our God's best work is to bring life out of what appears dead. Our God's best work is to do things that are absolutely amazing. For out of a household that looked dead, He will bring up one who will shoot up like a shoot from the stump that was cut down. And He will be the one who will bring about a future that can be lived for. Now, this prophecy that we're talking about, this Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, is pointing to the reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's pointing to an individual who will be a descendant of David, will be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. It was house of bread because they they grew a lot of grain and they they had a lot of agriculture. It was very much a a farming town. But he will be born there, but he won't be born in a palace. He'll be born in a a manger to uh, a woman who was godly, but a virgin, a virgin conception. It will be an absolutely amazing event. But he will come and he will serve, and he will bring about... God's work in this world in a way that no one would have expected because we serve a God who specializes in bringing life out of what appears dead. And Isaiah in his prophecy, in his encouragement to the people of God who were first receiving the message, his encouragement was, hold on to your faith. Don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. And if you remain faithful, you will see the fruition of his purposes. Maybe not in your lifetime, but God is at work in you and through you, and by your faithfulness, he will bring about something absolutely amazing. He will bring life out of what appears dead. He will provide a future worth living for. And he'll do it through Jesus. And he'll describe in Isaiah the work of Jesus, the way in which we will be able to identify this one who will come, the shoot out of the stump of Jesse. These are the things that he says about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. You will identify him by the fact that he has the Spirit of God on him. He will do things by the power of the Spirit of God. And so if you're familiar with the story of Jesus, you see him do healings and teachings and absolutely amazing things, not the least being he will die and come back to life again on the third day. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. He will be the means by which he will be able to provide judgment. He will bring salvation and he will bring judgment. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist Isaiah says this one who's coming whom you can identify as one who lives by the Spirit of God the one who is the shoot from the stump of David the one we now look back and say Wow, well, yes <laughs> The Bible, the New Testament, the the people who saw and witnessed the work of Jesus claim he's the one born in Bethlehem whom we celebrate over Christmas. He'll be one who will be able and capable to do the work that God has for him to do. He'll be the one who will be able to bring life from death and hope to the hopeless. So stay faithful. Stay true remain in him. The work of Jesus will be the work in which he will bring peace. The division between God and man will be breached. The divisions between man and woman, woman and man, man and man, the division amongst us will be healed He will bring peace. Now, peace is not just the absence of war and strife. No, peace in the word that's used here, shalom, means wholeness and health, means life. And Isaiah uses a piece of poetry that's absolutely beautiful, very common to be used in works of art, very captivating. He'll use a picture of the kind of peace that will come through the work of of the Messiah. This is is how he'll say it. Listen to this. The wolf will lie with the lamb. He won't eat it. He'll rest with it. There will be peace. The leopard will lie with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed off the bear. Their young will lay down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all, my ho- on, on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse <laughs> will stand as a banner for all the peoples, that's you and me, Those of us that are not not from Jewish intent from that time, that's you and me who are Jesus' followers. That's what he's talking about right there. All peoples will come to the banner of of the Lord. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. God, through the work of his chosen one, Jesus will bring peace. From the cut-down stump of unfulfilled dreams... Will come one who will provide a way that will give us a future worth living for. I read of a dad who decided to get up early one morning at five, had a full household, and before the craziness of the day began, he said he decided to sneak down to his kitchen, brew himself a cup of coffee, and just spend some quiet time reading. How many of you can relate to that need? I know some of you don't operate until you have like three cups of coffee down your gullet. Uh, that's all right, I get it. I know people that in my office, I don't talk to them until after 10, after they have their, their tea because coffee whatever. So he came down and he was sitting there, and as he was sitting there enjoying, picked up the paper, started to read, see what was happening. He looked up and he noticed that his little girl, five years old, had followed him down the stairs. go back to bed, honey. Oh, no, Daddy, I want to sit with you. Dad began to wonder. He looked at the paper and he noticed something. He said, ah, I got it. got his scissors, he cut it out, a part of the page. It was a page that had a, a, world, a world on it, a picture of, of the world. And so he cut it into pieces. Gave his little girl some tape, said, Here, why don't you do this? Well, Daddy sits here quietly. Why don't you go into the kitchen or the other room and, and put together the world? I gave her a project. She said, Oh, of course. Pleased with himself, he sent his little girl away and he began to look at his paper again and he just got one more sip of coffee down his throat. And to his surprise, his little girl worked back into the kitchen. I'm done, Daddy. How did you get that done so fast? That's amazing. She says, oh, it's easy, Daddy. See, on the back back of the picture is the picture of of a man. Get the man right, Daddy, and you get the world right. Get the man right, you get the world right. See, the claim that we make as Jesus followers is that Jesus is the man. It's the claim that goes all the way back to a prophecy given some 700 plus years before Jesus was born by a man named Isaiah to a people of God who are struggling and the claim is Jesus is the man. And if you get the man right, then the world will be set right. God gives to all of us the only vision of the future worth living for. Get the man right, you get your world right. Get the man right, you get a vision of the future worth living for. That's the picture of the, of the stump that's cut down and, and the little shoot that's shooting up because that's the message that says, stay faithful to the man who God sends and you will have a restoration of a vision of life worth living for. I'm at the point in life where I have these pithy sayings that I not only share with my staff and ministry, but I, I say them to my kids. And, you know, uh, there's a point where you know, you say stuff to them, and you can feel the eye roll, even after that, you know, like, oh, Dad. I've got one who's particularly bad, my youngest, Andrew. You can feel that, that kid's eye roll on the phone. You be on the phone. You say something to him, and, and I many times Shannon's like, "Don't roll your eyes, Sh- Andrew." He's like, how did you know? You know, like, because he just he just does it. So uh, maybe this is one of the eye roll thing, but it's actually one of the lessons I try to reinforce to them. When they ask me advice, or I, I talk to them about decisions, what I will often tell them is this: Look, if you're going to make a decision, make a decision where you choose something to do, but then play the tape forward on that decision. Now, play the tape out. You you have been blessed with an imagination and the ability to vision. Well, in that vision, stop playing out the tape when it comes to the way you manage your money, when it comes to the relationship habits that you have on a daily basis, when it comes to uh, the decisions you make regarding your health, exercise and eating, and, and the things that you do on your day-to-day basis. If you repeat what you're doing now and you begin to play the tape based on the information you have regarding life, based upon the knowledge you have and insights that you have from technology and science, based upon what you know from God's Word. Play the tape. And as you play the tape on the decisions that you make today, as you play them forward, ask yourself, is it going, is it leading me to the place I want to be? Because we're all headed towards something in life. Some of us are headed to somewhere intentionally. A lot of us are headed unintentionally somewhere and we're just doing stuff on a regular basis and we're not thinking, if I keep doing this day in and day out, it's going to be a series of steps that are going to end up at a place. And is that place the place I want to be? And the message of Scripture is that if it's not with God, then the place you're going to end up to is going to be like a tree that grows up and then eventually gets hacked down, And all you're going to be left with is a stump. And all you're going to be left with is disappointment and emptiness. The Bible is clear on it when it talks about money. Don't pursue wealth for wealth's sake. Why? Because you came into the world naked. You're going to go out in the world naked. You cannot take it with you to the next life. So if you're living your life in order to gain stuff and live by stuff, play the tape. Where does it take you? Is it a destination you want to go to? God only gives a vision of a future worth living for. So when it comes to money, Jesus said, hey, if you're blessed with much, make investments in the kingdom of heaven. Be captured by a vision that God provides that says investments with the things that I have in things that are eternal, generosity and kindness. Those things are a vision worth living for. We all use GPS these days, don't we? And the way GPS works is you plug in the address, don't you? Most of us. (laughs) And you plug in the address and then you hit start and you follow the instructions. And as you're driving along, the instructions tell you to turn here, turn here. Oh, watch out, there's, a, there's, a, there's something, you know, blocking the road, do a rerouting or whatever. But eventually, you get to the destination. But it only works when you know exactly your destination and where you want to go. Well, where is your life headed? Where, what have you plugged into the GPS of your day-to-day that points you in the direction that you're headed? Where are you going? Is it a God-honoring vision of the future? Is it a God-centered vision of the future? Is it a vision of the future that comes from the truth of Scripture? See, God gives the only vision of the future worth living for. And it's amazing to me that every time the people of God were in a crisis, the people of God were facing difficult days, people of God were in a season of darkness where they may have wondered, where is God? Because all we're dealing with is suffering. All we're dealing with is disappointment. All we're dealing with was what appears to us, to me, that God not working right now. Whenever that happened, it's amazing to see that what God would do would provide a vision of the future that would remind the people of God of their destination to hold on and stay faithful because even in dark days if you continue to keep the vision of the future that God has for you and me who live for him it will orientate your life in the way you need to go and it will cause you to make the day-to-day faith filled adjustments to stay on course in the book of Revelation it's a message to Christians struggling, struggling to hold on. In Revelation chapter 21, God gives a vision. Verse 1, here's what it says. Then I saw, this is a vision, a new heaven and a new earth. Everything that we have here, Gandhi, right? For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Sees an image of evil. I saw the holy city, uh, the dwelling place of God, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for a husband. And this is what it means. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne, that's God himself, said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It says doubly true. He's, like, really emphasizing it. He said to me, this is he speaking to John, who received this vision, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the A to Z. I'm the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious, who are those who are victorious? Those who remain faithful, even in the midst of difficult times, even in the midst of of disappointment and struggle, those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. God gives the only vision of the future worth living for. The vision of the future that God lays out for us who are faithful is a fulfillment of His promises, a life with Him where everything is made new. No more suffering, no more pain, no more disease, no more disappointment, no more death, but life with God. No separation, God's in heaven and we're here. No, it will be, we will be together and it will be the the fullness of everything that's good in our life to its fullest extent. I think about heaven, and I think, wow, in heaven, we'll have the best green color in the world ever because we'll have the fullest of green ever and blue and yellow. I think in heaven... In the bread will be the best bread. You can see where my mind goes to when I think of heaven. The best bread I've ever had with the best butter that I've ever. I mean, the essence of the perfection of butter will be in heaven. The best of the best ever. And it's promised to those who remain faithful, to, to those who live by the word of God, operating by the will of God, Because the gift of God, for us, is God with us, and as we said, in us, walking together. See, in Isaiah, he talked about the lion and the lamb and all these things, living together in peace. Well, that's a picture, a reference back to the beginning of the Bible, where in the beginning we were, human beings, were placed in the garden of perfection. And that's lost because of the disobedience of men and women. That's lost, but it's regained and promised, the peace that God provides, and it finds its fulfillment not just only in our day-to-day living now, but its fullest fulfillment in the end, in the future, a vision of the future worth living for. So the GPS of your life What's the destination? Is it a vision of the future worth living for that can only be given to us by God? Is your life orientated towards the picture of Revelation 21? And in that, you are in a course where you're making minor adjustments, as minor adjustments would be your day-to-day course corrections of living faithfully to God living by his promises, orientating your thinking to listen to his word by, by, by studying, by uh, being exposed to the Bible and living out the Bible in prayer and faithfulness, being faithful in, in the hard times, being true in the challenging times. God gives the only vision of the future worth living for So wherever you are in that journey, some of us are, you no, know, some of you out there, I said to us, some of you out there are just kind of new into it. Some of us are in the middle. There's me. Uh, and some of us are further along, beyond the middle. Uh, there's still time for course correction. There's still time for adjustment. You just have to settle on the destination. God gives the only vision of the future worth living for. What's your vision for the future that you're living for? Is it from God? Does it honor God? I don't know, Didi. Well, play the tape. Ask yourself, if I am living in the way I'm living, making the decisions I'm making and the habits I'm pro- where is that taking me? Is that a vision for the future that honors God, what's captured in Scripture? God gives the only vision of the future worth living for. So this Christmas, remember that the Bacons will be gathering under the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. (laughs) But when you think about the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, I want you to think about Isaiah 11.1. From the stump of Jesse will come a branch. That branch, that branch is an image of hope, a picture of hope that God gives the only vision worth living for for our future if you haven't made a decision to accept what God provides I encourage you to do that I did it 12 years old with my 12 year old faith you can do that guys are coming down forward. Harry's up here. Tom's on his way. They're available to talk to you about that if you want to do that. We've already had one baptism. The water's warmed. We're limbered up, ready to go. Um, So uh, if you need to make that decision, let them know. If you want to have a time where you talk to God uh, through prayer and these guys can help you with that, come down and let them know. But let's stand. And uh, we'll pray together, and after our prayer, we'll be dismissed to move on to what's next. Lord, I just thank you so much for the time we can be together, and I pray that you would, uh, you would speak to us, everyone here, regarding what part is our part in fulfilling this vision of the future that you've laid out for us in Scripture to the place where we might be able to be living evidence of what Paul said, our citizenship is not of earth but of heaven, that we're on a journey back to that place, and that journey is our North Star. It's the destination in our GPS of life that we're headed towards. And we're walking there by faith, not by our own strength, but by the strength you provide by your Spirit. You walk with us in that. And we pray that you would just help us learn to live in that, to trust in that, to be obedient in that, to adjust the day-to-day steps uh, towards that. Help us to to honor that in, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.